0: Ministry of all those that are involved with her. She's like Mary, except that there's a catalyst involved. And when Mary's doing something, a lot of people will join in. And it's the same thing with Linda. When she's doing something, others will join in. And the result of that and what God does as she prays and walks by faith is an amazing story that I'm so excited about you're getting to hear today. But that story wouldn't be happening aside from all those that join in with her. Um, The other thing I wanted to say just real quickly is that we all know so much about the scripture and about God up here. But it's a whole other thing to know it here, to experience and walk in it down here. And I think one of the things that I have so marveled at and enjoyed is I've gotten to know Linda and those that are around her is the faith walk, the faith walk and the result of that. And I just pray that today we have a cross pollinating <laughs> and that <laughs> it results in our catching some of their fire. <laughs> and I just want to give them liberty to be who they are with us today. So, Linda, I want you to come and introduce your friends, and then you just direct how you want it to flow with who's going to sing and what's going to happen. So just invite Linda Burrows now to come on up.
1: And just said, I get to sing? No, she doesn't. <laughs> I, I, she can do a lot of things. That's not one of them. Uh, this is my sidekick, Ann Farmer, who does most everything I do. And this is Wynette Worthy, and her granddaughter is with her. And this is Miss Lillian Autry. And um, so Pat asked me, could I bring some singers, and I brought two of my favorites. Um They sing wonderfully, and I always say when I stand up at church and they've just sang, I taught them that. (laughs) (laughs) So just so you know ahead of time, I taught them that. And Wynette, I'll ask you to come first and sing. Good
2: morning. I guess I'm going to take the taller one. Good morning, everybody. It's been a blessing to be here. This is a beautiful spirit. And uh, Miss Linda is my pastor. Uh, she's my friend. And when she asked me to come, I was like, of course. I never turn her down. Had no idea where we were going, but, <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. And I just listening, and trying to follow the vein that's already here. It feels like a strong spirit of worship. So I'm just going to sing one of my favorite songs. As the deer panted for, the water doth mine, so longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship thee. Sing with me, please. You as the deer panteth for, the water doth my soul longeth that to thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long. To worship thee. That's the first one. That was on my heart. I just wanted to sing that small piece of it. And I'm going to sing you another song. My grandmother used to sing for us. And I used to love it. And as I got older, I put my own little spin to it. Sped it up a bit. Because, you know, they like to drag the song. (laughs) 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 So, you trying to sing along with it Be like. Pick it up, Mom. Thank you so much for letting me be here. And just pray for my family because we've been going through a little something. And just want to throw that out there. Just keep our family in prayer. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on calvary oh the blood that gives me strength from day to day The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. Oh, the blood that gives me strength. From day to day flows to the lowest valley. Oh yes, the blood that gives me strength from
1: And now Miss and if you'll come.
3: Now, you were still showing up at the tomb of Mary Lazarus. A new wind is blowing right now, oh, breaking my heart of stone, taking over like it's Jericho, and my walls are all crashing down. Right. You never lost a battle And I know, I know
1: love music because it just leads you right into the spirit, doesn't it? Yes. Amen. Well, today I chose the subject of real love. Matthew nineteen nineteen says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, that's big. Loving somebody else as good as you love yourself. And I, this is a Scripture that God gave us when we began, and it's on our sign in the front of our building, and that's Matthew twenty-five thirty-four, and that's what it's all about. It says, Come ye blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom that's prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Now, we have to read these and know this is what God's talking about. We're to feed people. We're to give them drink. We're to take them in. Uh, We've taken in four new people this week. We've taken in tens of thousands since we began. Uh, This past week, a young man that I had taken looks to be about 25, a really cute young man, and he said... Thank you so much for taking me, he said, because I slept outside last night, and it was the night that was very cold, and ever since he came, every hour or two, he says to me, thank you. Thank you for the food. Thank you for this. Thank you for that, and he said to me yesterday, I haven't had a bed in five months, So I don't know if he he was staying with somebody. I don't know if he had to sleep on a couch or the floor, but he had not had a room or had a bed. You know, we don't think about people like that, and we don't open our arms sometimes to people. I made a note of Mohan Ram, who's a man from India. We were in Virginia once at um, a conference, and this man was sitting behind me, and he reaches up and taps me on the shoulder and he said, excuse me, but God just spoke to me and said, I'm to go home with you. So I turn around to look at him because if he's going to go home with me, I want to know what he looks like. <laughs> and uh, so we take him home with us and we call to tell them that we're bringing this man from India home with us. And they said, well, you don't even know him. And We said, oh yeah, we do. We know his spirit. So it's it's a young man that's a pastor from India who's been coming to see us for probably 20 years since then. You know, so when you open your doors, you get wonderful things. You get wonderful people. And when we began ministry, we had nothing. Uh, God spoke to me. I was in a church that I loved, a pastor that was just super. We had, uh, over 600 members every Sunday. Uh, everything flowed. It was beautiful. And God speaks to me and said, I want you to go over here on this corner. And I'm like, well, okay. So I go over to this corner and it's awful nobody has been in the church in 30 years the roof leaks uh, there's no bathrooms there's no heat there's no air the floors have holes in them whatever and so my friends said to me well i'll go with you so i had about five people that went at the time and when we got in there we sang I remember one day uh, we were singing, Jesus Never Fails, and I punched Ann, I said, I think he already did, because it, it sounded absolutely terrible. But we never had funds, but God began to bring people. You know, the first day that I was there, uh, a lady came and brought a bedroom suit, and I said to somebody, isn't that stupid? Who would carry a bedroom suit to a church? So I said, take that upstairs and put it in the far corner. And they did and set it up. And the next week, a man got saved that was living in the park, sleeping on a park bench. And I said, well, maybe that one's a so stupid. I said, put him in that bed. <laughs> and the following week, another person got saved. And I said, put him in bed with the first man. <laughs> so we began, the church began to fill up. And we had people in every room all over the church. All guys, I don't mix people much, so um, I said, well, if the city finds out that I'm down here in this church with people all over it, they'll die. And uh, so we began to pray that God would give us a place and we began to look for it. And when I got out at the first place to look, the Lord spoke to me and He said, Don't take less than the best you ha- I have for you. So I told everybody and we got back in the car and went back home. And uh, the following week, a friend of mine called me from the real estate company and she said, uh, Linda, I have a house for you to look at. And so I went and looked at it. It was beautiful, had new carpet. And, everything was done in the whole house. And so, um, I said, I'll take it. And, uh, I had had a vision when I was at home. I'm not much of a vision person, I'll tell you. But I was praying in my closet, and the Lord showed me, just like I was watching TV, he showed me and another friend of mine, and we were shaking hands with people who were coming in the door, and they had on coats, so I assumed that it was winter. And um, I saw in the spirit of metal, a metal bar that went across the room and I thought what kind of room has a metal bar just going across the room and then I realized that I'm standing uh in a balcony and I'm looking down and there were four microphones and somebody was saying one of the microphones doesn't work so I came back and told our church and I said we must be going somewhere to sing Well, that was interesting considering we can't, you know, but, uh, My boss said to me the following week, Linda, can you run down to Decorator World and buy tablecloth uh, material for our lunchroom? And I said, sure. And when I went down there, now this is how God plans out things. The room where the tablecloth material was, was adjacent to the door that I had seen people coming in. I stepped inside and was standing in the balcony, looking down at the stage with the microphones. And I came back and told our church, you will not believe this, but the building I saw at home is across the street. It was a 44,000 square foot building that was right across from our church. So I took everybody on Sunday night. We walked around the building. We anointed it with oil. We called it into ministry until Christ comes. And uh, we had the faith to believe we could take the building. So when I went to the bank, he said, how many members have you got? And I said, 11. <laughs> and I saw him give me this look like one of them has money. Well, he was wrong. And so he said, well, how much do you usually take up every week? And I said, somewhere between $20 and $50. <laughs> and he just took his stuff and moved it back on his desk and said, how do you plan to do this? And I said, By faith. He said, ma'am, we don't operate by faith. I said, well, no wonder y'all are in trouble. (laughs) So needless to say, I left without a loan. And God woke up a man that night and told him he was to give me everything he had except what would cost him to keep it. So the next morning he called me and he said, my wife and I got up at midnight to figure out what we owed you. If I have a CD, I get to keep it because it will cost me to take it out. So we have written you a check for $12,500, a beginning. You know, God said you have small beginnings. And then God uh, told a person, you are to go and stand in for the loan. The man he told it to had about a $300,000 house, and that was in 1984. He went to the bank with me, and he told him he was standing for the loan. Our first payment was $800. We'd never had $800 before, and you know how payments go? They have another one the next month. And so I want to tell you that everything in your life is important, little things that you consider insignificant. I'm in my office working. I work at a plant that has about a 1,000 people. We make bedroom shoes there. And so I'm in my office, and I'm filling out a publishing clearinghouse thing. And my boss walks through his office adjoins mine, and he said, uh he looked at me and laughed. He said, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm filling out a publishing clearinghouse uh, thing. And he said, uh he looked at me and laughed. He said, what would you do if you want it? I said, well, to tell you the truth, I'm going to do a million dollars worth of work without the money. So he goes in and sits down, and I guess he thinks, that's stupid. What does she mean by that? So he comes back in and sits down and said, what do you mean by that? So I started telling him what I wanted to do. He said, well, I'll tell you what. If you ever do that, I'll give you $340 a month. So when I got my loan, I called him up. I said, I'll need my 340 on the first, <laughs> <laughs> which he gave me every month until we paid off our building. God is an awesome God, and he knows how to put everything together. Uh, We've never missed a payment. We pay all of our bills every day that they come in. We've never had to call and tell somebody to wait. I've often thought that we might have to. I remember that when we got heat in the church, uh, a man named DJ Jones uh, put the heat in, and he said, "Uh, Linda, how do you want to finance this? And I said, I don't. He said, uh, well, how much money have you got? I said, none. He said, well, I have to have it on Friday when we finish. I said, then I'll have it. So we had a donut sale, a yard sale, all this kind of thing. And donuts were not selling well. And we had paid for these donuts. And I'm out there trying to sell everybody I know donuts. And finally I say to every person that comes up, listen, if you'll buy these donuts, you'll never see me out here again. And that worked perfectly. They all bought them. I guess they never wanted to see me again. But anyway, it worked, and we had our money. So when we got the heat in in our building, uh, we went the first three years with no heat. Anne could tell you about that. Very enjoyable and uh <laughs> and so uh I called dJ I tried everything. I called the gas company to see what they could do about putting it in, and they told me a hundred and something thousand. Well, we didn't even have a thousand so then i I called uh the oil company, and they came and they told me about the same amount and we didn't have that either, so I decided to get one of those things you do outside and you load it with wood and coal, and you pump it into the building. I'll just have our gas Guys do all that well it was the same thing 40 or 50,000 I don't remember so uh, back to prayer and so uh, all of a sudden God put DJ Jones back into my spirit so I call him up and he comes and he says uh, "Do you, how do you want to finance it I said I don't he said how much money have you got I said none he said well it worked last time But I have to have my money in 30 days. I said, well, then I'll have it in 30 days. It was in December. So it's coming up to time that I've got to pay him, and I don't have a clue of how. And so I'm praying. I said, look, God, you don't want me to look bad. And in a week, I'm going to owe DJ for all these heaters you've put in all these rooms. And... I came up the next day, and everybody in the building is standing outside in coats with toboggans on, their gloves, and they're all smiling, which means they're up to something. So I get out of my car, and I said, what are y'all doing? They said, we could not wait for you to get here. I said, why? They said, come with us. And so I go with them to the office, and they said, we got a donation. I said, really, what did we get? They said, "Uh, here's a check. And a doctor in our area that I'd never heard of had given us the exact amount we needed for the heaters. Wow. So I praise God. He is an awesome God. He doesn't overdo it or underdo it. He's an on-time God, and I just praise Him for that. Um, and so I love taking people in, which is what we do. We have we have broadened out from the forty-four thousand square foot building in the church. And we have bought two houses uh, over several years. I meant to bring a book so you could see a couple of the ladies' houses. But um, we have ladies and children in two different houses, and we have men in two different houses. One we call our disability house. It's by the church. It's for the guys who can't climb all the steps to get to the top floor in House of Fordham. But uh, every person, and, you know, people are the goal. You know, it's not about uh, how your building looks or how wonderful that is or any of those things. It's the person who walks in the door, is touching their life, living with them and loving them. And God gave me what I made in a brochure once in the very beginning. And he said, House of Fordham, not a place to live, but a place to learn to live. So the main thing is that people who pass through learn how to live their life and how to go about things. Most people you get are undisciplined. And they're where they are because of things that ha- that have happened in their life. And so they need retraining about how to go forward. And you know, God wants us always in a forward march, yeah. not at a standstill. So in that verse 36, it says, naked and you clothe me. If you want to see clothes, you need to come visit. If you need any clothes, you need to bring everybody you know. I could clothe Raleigh, and I'm not kidding. I had this great idea recently of I'm going to buy bins and put the clothes in the bin because hanging them is just consuming. And so I called our treasurer and I said, I need bins. So she called this lady who brought us. These huge bins, and the great thing is we can just throw all the clothes in them, men's clothes in the men's room, ladies' clothes in them, children's clothes in them, toys in them, uh, stuffed animals in them. We have bins. And so uh, we have enough to clothe everybody that comes. Uh, we have enough uh, people coming by, which pays our bills, and people come and ask, which helps them. Uh, Our people have uh, furnished houses. You know, I remember a lady called me from Virginia, and she said, "Uh, Linda, my family lives in Goldsboro, and they have nothing. Can you help? And I said, sure. So I went over to their house. They had children. They did not have a single bed. They did not have one thing in the house but a kitchen table and a chair in the living room. So I sent all of our people back. We got, got beds and put them in every room. We got living room furniture and put it in. We went back and got food and filled the cabinets. We got everything they needed and filled the whole house. And then we left a note on the table that said, this is from God. You know, God is able to do it. I had a guy that was living with us that we went out witnessing one Saturday. And, and he said, I'm not going. I said, yes, you are. He said, nope, I don't like that, and I am not going. I said, trust me when I tell you, you are going. Get in the car. So he gets in the car, and we go to the project, and uh he goes to the first house. And she opens the door and hugs him immediately and says, I have been praying for you to come all week. He said, ma'am, you couldn't have been praying for me to come because I didn't even want to come. <laughs> And she said, I have nothing to eat. I have a retarded son. The I will walk you to my kitchen. The only thing I have left is cheese that was in a box with macaroni and cheese. He went in and looked in her kitchen, and there was nothing. So he came back, tells me. I send him back to the building. They get all the food and come back and fill her whole kitchen up. And he comes out and says to me, anytime you're ready to go, stop and pick me up. (laughs) So, you know, when you get involved in lives, you get involved in Christ's work. I remember once when they were out, they met this guy with no heat. And they came back and said, there's this old man. that," And they tell me what street he lives on. He doesn't even have any heat. And I said, well, Okay. We'll get a kerosene heater, and we'll buy kerosene. We can't afford to heat his house, so they do that. And then they came back and said, we want to do his whole house. Can we go buy paint? And I said, yes. So we went and bought paint. They painted his whole house. They redid his whole house. They cleaned everything for this man, and they came back blessed. We had a man in our church that was really sick with cancer, couldn't do anything for himself. They went all the time and did everything in the house, cleaned the house, carried the food, saw that Mr. Sam had everything he needed. That's what church is. Church is work. You know, the Bible says that uh don't just be a hearer. I mean, God spoke to me once and said, uh, I was telling God what I'd done for my son and what I wanted him to do. I said, I've raised my son, Uh, as a Christian. He said, no, you haven't. I said, look, God, I carried him to church when he was about a week old. I have sent him to a Christian school. I have taught him about you. God said, no, you haven't. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, you taught him to be a hearer only. I never taught him to do anything in God. I just carried him to hear about it. Well, you know, you can have heard about it. But just find out what you're going to do about it. I remember that one of our churches that's near me was collecting food. And it's Rosewood Baptist. And they came to my door and said, can you fill up a box of food? And I said, sure. So I went in there. I started filling up the box. And uh, I got it. And God lets you do some things. I got it all full. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, now, is that what you want if you had a need? I said, no, God, I don't like any of this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so have you ever filled it up and you, you gave people things you didn't want? Uh God's not proud of that. Amen. So I redid the box took all that out and put in the things I like. Amen. So that's what God wants you to consider. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So for everything you do, do it like what you want, and then that's what you'll receive back. So he said, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. You know, every time you visit somebody that's sick, every time you take them something to eat, every time you take them a small flower, every time you do anything that concerns them, the Bible said you're laying up treasures for yourself in heaven. You're doing it for yourself, you're helping them. And He said it's the same thing as doing it for Christ. So, doesn't this tell you what to do? What to do? Every week you can do something. I try to encourage our people. If it's just a smile, if it's just a conversation, whatever, do something that week for somebody. Sometimes I get so caught up in work and my list, I'm reading a book now, what would God do with your to-do list? It's a really good book. (laughs) It means he wouldn't do anything I'm doing. So real love will feed you and real love will divide with you. You know, sometimes we don't really want to divide either. You know, I have—I had a little boy in church that taught me all about that because if he had a candy bar, he would break it in two to save it for Aslan, another little girl that was in our church. He would never eat the whole thing himself. Well, you know, I have trouble with that because I'm a candy person. And uh, so I can give you most anything except my candy. But real love will give you something to eat. It will give you something to drink. Real real love will take you and help provide for you. So in our buildings, all of them are like that. When somebody gets a job and they can't buy the shoes for the job or whatever, they take up between themselves what they need for this guy to have the shoes he needs to go to work or to have the clothes he needs to go to work. If somebody dies and they want to go home to where the family is, they'll collect the money and hand it to the person. So it's all about helping each other. Uh, Real love will give you something to wear. I have a friend. Her name was Miss Bertha Batts. And God spoke to her one day. This lady's house had burned down. He said, I want you to give her five of your outfits. And she said, okay, God. So uh, she gets them out and the Lord speaks to her and he said, no, he said, I don't want you to lay them out. I want you to let her pick them out. So she invites her over and she picks all these things out. And every time she picks them up, Miss Bertha would say, that's my favorite suit, God. And then she picked up her red shoes. She said, God, those are my favorite shoes. And so she got her whole thing ready. And she had Miss Bertha's favorite things. And Miss Bertha gave them to her and hugged her. And when she left, her daughter called her. And she said, Mom, I wanted to take you out to buy you some things. And she said, you know, I had cheap red shoes but my daughter took me to Conakins and I got expensive shoes (laughs) and I had cheaper suits, but she carried me to get suits and they were more expensive. God has a way of giving you back what you give away. And he does everything with reason. You know, I'm just going whichever way God carries me today. Okay. So I had a friend at where I worked and she came up there one day and She had a a necklace with uh, the mustard seed in it, and she threw it to me from the door. She said, here, take that. And I looked at her and smiled. I said, what is it? She said, I don't know, but God wants you to have it. I just bought it, and all morning he's been telling me to give it to you. (laughs) So she gave me the necklace, and thankfully she did. Her name was Darlene. She worked in our kitchen. And I prayed for her for absolutely years upon years upon years. I would have never even remembered her name without the necklace. But every time I saw the necklace, I remembered Darlene, and I would pray over. So don't feel bad about letting something go. One of the ladies that came in our church one day had this beautiful angel pen on. I said, oh, I love your pen. She said, God said, give it to her. She said, I'm not. So she goes in and she sits down and uh, she feels bad about the fact she won't give me the angel pen. And so she said, well, if she mentions it again, I'll give it to her. Well, she got all the way to the door and out the door and she said, I'll see you later. And I said, well, take care of my pen. She turned around and said, here, and gave me the pen. So it's amazing how God works and how he'll work with you. You know. (laughs) no matter what you say right (laughs) yeah you better not speak before you really know (laughs) but God is just such an awesome God and somebody raise their hand when I'm through okay so because I never get through (laughs) real love will pray for you to me the most important thing you can ever do in your life is pray because if you will really intently pray for somebody and lift them up, you know, I remember calling one of my neighbors one morning. Uh, I had prayed for her all night. I'd stayed up all night and I would prayed for her all night. Only time in my life I've ever prayed for anybody all night. And the next morning I called her and I said, um, Becky, I want you to know I've stayed up all night praying for you. And she began to weep profusely. She said, I said to God before I went to bed last night, there's not a soul in the world that cares about me. And I'm sorry that I said that. Thank you for praying for me. God will lay people on your heart that are destitute people on your heart that need prayer, need a hug, need a phone call. You can all do something, you know, if it's a phone call, asking God, who can I call today? Whose life can I touch today? What can I do for you today, Lord? And God will open doors for you that are unbelievable. We have stories from all over the world. God's allowed us to go all over the world in missions He's opened doors that would be impossible for us to pry open, and I'll share this one with you, and I'll try to quit with only 800 more stories, um, but I was in Washington, and we were at a conference, and um, I came down. I was waiting for them to come around with the van and pick me up, and they were shining shoes, and I thought, well, my shoes need shining, so I walked over there to wait, and I, I said, can you shine my shoes? And he said, sure, I can. So he said, the guys that were sitting there getting a the shoe shine said, why are you here? And I said, well, I came to this conference and it's been great. And we started talking about God. And when we finished, the guy that was getting his shoe shine said, I'm the president of Indonesia. And I want you to know you can come anytime you want to as my guest and you can bring anybody you like. And I think, how does God open doors from a shoe shine place? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the way God has done all over. He has always opened doors for us that are absolutely unbelievable. We have a thing with cab drivers. I've never gone anywhere that the cab driver didn't take off work and drive us everywhere we wanted to go until we left. We were in Greece. And there were cabs lined up everywhere. And one of my friends said, which cab do we take? And I said, that one right there. He said, are you sure? I said, I'm positive. So he walks over and said, man, do you speak English? He said, man, I'm from Chicago. Get in. (laughs) So he takes off work. And for three days, he carries us everywhere we want to go. And we said, how much do we owe you? He said, nothing, because you have become my friends. You know, when you come become friends wherever you are and you fall in love with whoever's there, God will work out all the details. Now, one last story, maybe. Um, we went to New York. I carried a group of people with me. We had $400. That was for living expenses, eating expenses, and gas expenses. And so we get to... Uh, get there and, um, we we're gonna go to, uh, David Wilkerson's place. And so we're there. And this lady comes up and taps me on the shoulder and she said, Can you eat lunch with me? I said, I don't know. Where do you live? She said, Right up there. I said, Then yes, I can. So we found ourselves sitting on a balcony with white tablecloth, silverware, eating with somebody we had never met. God is such an awesome God. I'm telling you, everywhere you go, there's a door waiting for you. And so just know that uh, we have a thousand stories like that. That's why my stuff is so long, y'all. Uh, God has just done miraculous things always, and he does it from prayer. So when I leave today, I want you to know praying is the most important thing. You know, I went out when we began our ministry with a 44,000-square-foot building, and I lay hands on the meter. And I tell it, it's not to go over $400 because we don't have it. So our guys look at me and laugh. They said, what are you doing? I said, I'm talking to this meter. And they're like, really? And I said, really? Next day, I'm out there praying over the mailbox. They said, what are you doing now? I said, I'm praying in checks. They said, yeah, right. So the next day, they followed me out there, and there are checks in the mailbox. They said, could you pray for me a job? <laughs> So prayer opens all the doors that you'll ever need. Amen. God is a door opener, and he has the cattle on a thousand hills, so he can do anything. Amen. So just expect wonderful things to happen in your life, because every day is a new day. Every day is a prosperous day, a golden day, and God wants to do great things in your life. And I thank you for having us. Uh, We love you because we love Patricia. Meeting Meeting her has been a great joy, so we're glad to be here, and we love you guys. Thank you very much. you can come and tour it's the building uh it's in our auditorium it's where we have baptismal services it's where uh we have showers and all kinds of things in there and you know a friend of mine called me one day and said um linda god spoke to me today and i'm gonna buy you a gift what do you want i said well to tell you the truth i don't think you could afford what i want She said, well, you don't know that. What do you want? I said, I want a baptismal pool. She said, okay, order it. I'll pay for it. By the end of the week, we had a baptismal pool. So one of the things you can do is know that the Bible said, ask and you shall receive. God wants you to ask for simple things, big things, whatever. He wants you to know what you want. You can not have vision, step out, or do anything if you don't know where you're going and you don't know what you desire. Yeah. So begin to think about what is it I really want and begin to make plans because God will put them together.
0: Linda, would you back up and tell the story about Mr. Forehand, about how you came to meet him and the negotiations that he, he participated in with you about the building that he didn't
1: want to sell that is that forty four hundred square building that you had the vision about. Right. Amen. Well um when I was gonna buy the other one and had told him I would take it, she looked at me, the real estate agent that's my friend and said, Well, she said, the same guy owns this building that owns that building you want on William Street, which was the forty four thousand square foot building I'd seen in the spirit. So um we went to negotiate with Ace Fordham, who owned them both. And um, so I told him I had come to buy the, the the building that was on Walnut Street. And he said, well, the time is up uh, with the real estate companies. It was 57000 He said, Linda, you can have it for $54,000. I said, okay, I'll take it. Now, that's what we use for everything for years. Okay, I'll take it. Then he said, um, well, he said, I could let you have that for $51,000. I said, okay, I'll take it. And my boss had asked to go with me and had gone down there with me and they talked about baseball and everything in the world. And in between, he would turn to me and say, Linda, you can have it for 49. I'd say, okay, I'll take it. That's the only thing he ever said to me. Then he said, you can have it for 47. I'll take it. You can have it for 45. Then he said, do you, uh, did I tell you 43 or 45? I said, you said 45, but I'd rather have 43. He said, okay. Then he said, you can have it for 41. I said, well, to tell you the truth, I don't really want it. I said, "God is going to give me your building on William Street." Again, he pushes papers all the way back, and he said, uh, "What do you mean?" And I began to tell him, and he said, uh, "He stops and he waits two or three minutes." I think, "Oh my goodness!" And then he said, "I'll sell it to you." I said, "Okay." He said, "I'll sell it to you for a hundred and uh, I don't remember. He said a hundred and fifty, hundred and seventy-five thousand. I said, okay, I'll take it. I thought, what's the difference? I don't have either one. <laughs> so then he says, uh, you can have it for 100000 I said, okay, I'll take it. At that point, my boss said, Linda, we have to go to work. We'd been there about two hours. And so we leave to go to work. And on the way out, my boss said, I think he's going to call you back. And I said, so do I. I left to go make a deposit for our company. And when I came back, and Jim was standing at the door, and he said, he's already called. I said, what did he say? He said, he said, you can have it for 75000 Now, there's nothing in our block that is sold under 400000 And he's given it to me for 75000 the price that you couldn't even buy a house for in Goldsboro. God is an awesome God. So he can open the doors that you can never pry open and do impossible things. And he's paid for the whole thing. We're debt-free from every building we have. We don't owe anybody anything. And God is just an awesome God. And we have at least uh, 20 to 40 people every month that we're doing Remind me to show you my grandchildren. They live at the building. I have a baby that's three months old. I have another child that's uh, 11 11 or 12 months old, maybe 13 months old now. And I have a little boy that's seven, and I have a little girl that's nine. And they're so gorgeous. And people say, are they your grandchildren? I say, well, yes. Well, they are grand, and they are children. (laughs) So case closed she used to be one of them yeah. and now she's doubled up and grown <laughs> so god is just a good god yeah. any other questions I don't have- uh well it just depends part of the time we don't take them depending on if it's heroin and meth they're on and all that i'm not equipped i uh, don't have we pay no one so I don't have people to stay up with somebody all night or to do, you know, really restrictive things. Had had one young man this week that came in who had done weed about two weeks ago. And I looked at him and I said, son, I'm going to give you grace. I will give you the time you need that this is out of your system. So you have to work at it. And Anne said, you can trust me when I tell you that is grace. (laughs) So it just depends on what I feel when I'm dealing with somebody and what level they're at. I have a friend that has been a prayer partner of mine for 30 years. There's five of us that have been praying together for 30-something years. And he owns Waynesboro Family Clinic, which is a mental health clinic. And I can send anybody to him for tests. I can send anybody for him to go to rehab or whatever, which is a real blessing. Yeah. I wanted to tell you one story that that uh, Wynette triggered in my spirit. And then maybe I won't tell you another one. I don't know. But anyway, this guy came to the church one night. It was on a Sunday night. And he had stolen a car. And so he was sitting outside the church looking. He's trying to decide is this a black church or is that a white church? Well, he decides, I don't know what kind of church it is. Every kind of person comes in and out. I don't have no idea. So he comes in the front door and said, I need to talk to the pastor. Well, when I show up, people always think that's a joke, and they wait, and then that's really the pastor. And so he says, I've stolen a car, and I don't know what to do. I said, well, the first thing we're going to do is call the police. He looked like that wasn't the answer he was looking for. (laughs) and i said and then we're going to pray for mercy for you so we prayed and we asked god to give this young man mercy and so when three police cars came and surrounded the car he'd stolen and came in and uh they took him to the police station and they called the lady he'd gotten the car from and they said he went to a church and he gave himself up and she said well i don't want to press charges and so he comes running down the street, hands over his head, hollering, there is a God in heaven. Yeah. I'm here to tell you there is a God in heaven. So when we get mercy from God, we all know there's a God in heaven. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Any other questions? You get never. Yeah. never, never. I, I, I am a person who has no worries. I've never worried in my life. I don't count that as me. Because it's just, I don't worry. I always think everything's good. You could be drowned in the swamp, and I'd think you're going to be fine. You know, don't worry about it. (laughs) I don't have fighting. I don't have people cursing up down halls. I I think God just puts a guard on every person that comes in. And they all become friends. They're laughing and eating together and all that. And uh, it's just blessed. So... I thank God. He is the guard.
0: There are times I'm afraid of my wife, Christian, what can we do to help her?
1: Do what she says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that always works. <laughs> oh, Yeah, and you're welcome any time. You can get a group together and come on Saturday. Let me know when you're going. You can come a Sunday, everybody. You can do whatever. We're always there, and so you're welcome any time as a group, as three, as two, or how you want to do it. You will love coming. We have have pastors from everywhere that come because they say some of them take their vacation. They say it builds their faith. They just sit and watch what is coming in and out. It builds mine. You know, we started with absolutely nothing, a 44,000 square foot building with not even a broom in it, and watch people come and bring stuff all day long. If you came to see what I have, you would pass out. Yesterday, I had two tables and six chairs each sitting in the front yard, and I said, y'all need to bring that in. They said, and put it where? <laughs> <laughs> because every item we have is full. Uh, You know, all the time. We have people coming to get. We have people coming to bring. It's just like that full time. So... Well, you have it in you. Everybody does. You know, the Word of God says that um, you are... You are... Get faith when you get saved a measure of faith well what you have is you have if you're listening you have th- uh you have a voice that speaks to you from within you have a conscience you have you have a voice that you can hear it's light the, the god doesn't come on like the devil does who comes on strong and is pushy and aggressive and tries to press you into it yes. god is quiet so when you hear something that tells you what to do You follow the voice you just heard, and you know it's not you because you're not thinking on that. You have something that just drops in your spirit what it is, and you follow that. I've learned to follow God regardless. You can tell me anything you want to, but when God tells me different than you, guess who I'm going to believe. We were at the TV station. I was praying for a guy um, and uh, for his brother, and I prayed the whole prayer, and he looks at me, and he said, I don't have a brother. Well, guess what? who I believe? God. They leave and go to their car and his wife comes back. She said, Linda, he has a brother. Hasn't spoke to him in eight years. But I just thank you for the prayer that you just prayed. I had a guy that one morning God told me to go to Hardee's. I said, look, God, I've already ate. He said, go to Hardee's. And I'm like, I'm painting. I just bought a gallon of paint. I'm headed home to paint. Go to Hardy's. So, okay, I'll go to Hardy's. So, I get to Hardy's, and this young man said, I've, I've been wanting to talk to you. And he comes over and sits at my table, and I begin to pray for him. And I tell him, You've got to get rid of using cocaine if you want to go anywhere in God. He said, I don't use drugs. I said, Okay. So, Few weeks later he comes, he said, Miss Linda, you were exactly right. I just wanted to come by here and tell you I do use drugs. <laughs> you know, God is always right and whatever he tells you is a guidance for whatever somebody needs. him but if you tell them the truth and what you think or what you hear or what you're seeing. I remember one guy that came, gave me this story about how wonderful he was. I said, Now let me tell you this. Do you want to stop right here and start all over and this time tell me the truth? <laughs> he said, Well, yeah. Okay, I'm an alcoholic, and he starts all over. You know, so we have to confront, and we have to, you have to tell the truth. Because the only way people can get right guidance is if you're willing to confront what you see.
0: Yeah.
1: Anybody else? Am I spending the night?
0: (laughs) I'm coming out of COVID.
1: Coming out of COVID. Well, we were never in COVID. Uh we didn't close, we didn't quit. Uh I I quoted the scripture every day, it don't come nigh in my dwelling. And then I did so good that I quit quoting it and guess what? It came nigh in my dwelling and it hit me. <laughs> But God is good. I have a friend that is, um, the vice president of Wake Med and her brother took me there and they gave me infusion. And I was better by the next day. So, uh, but we never quit in COVID. A lot of people did. We fed everybody from the outside instead of letting them all come inside. But we feel, uh, do hundreds, uh, every other day when we do food. And so we did pallets and we did it outside and we gave out food. We have everything. I have all the stores that give me, I have people that pick up every day of the week, six days a week. We have everything in meats, uh, vegetable, fresh vegetables, breads, desserts, uh, a whole room full of stuff like potatoes and peas and green beans and all that kind of stuff. But my freezers never, never are out. I can give out everything I got today, and tomorrow it'll be back. Like just yesterday, the soup kitchen had so much. They called us to come get meat, and we went and got meat. They had uh, chicken wings, chicken legs, everything. We filled up two freezers of what they donated yesterday. So, And I've got 26 freezers which I can tell you is a job. I got old freezers. You got to defrost every time you look in there. And, you know, one of these days I'm going to have new freezers that do it theirself okay. <laughs> So, but we're just blessed with that. But we just kept on doing what we were doing. We kept on doing church. We kept on doing food. We kept on seeing people, which my son don't like at all. He would say, put on your mask. <laughs> I'm not too good at that either. So, but, uh we made it. Yeah. Well, I love it and I love what we do. It, I you know, I've been doing it 40 years since I started and it's never tiring to me. Every day's different all day long, but every day's fun. Yeah.